before I dive into the history of my own personal spiritual journey, which clearly led me to Christendom, to Messianic Judaism, to understanding the Hebrew roots of the faith and understanding to the best of my ability the mind of Christ, I want to dive into something that happened more recently, a, a personal example of community and fellowship in a time of darkness. The radiance of God's light working in the darkest places. There was a gentleman uh, in my pod um, here at RAST unit who had a son driving his vehicle and without a seatbelt on got in a terrible crash. Uh, his head went flying right into, I believe they call it a T-bar, off the windshield, and it cracked his skull, and they had to induce a coma. And so in this induced coma, um, the man's father comes to me and asks for prayer. Asks for prayer. It shouldn't seem like such a big thing. It should be a simple thing. For people to reach out to one another. But we have come to the point in this society where God is a, a terrible word or something viewed with derision, especially by people who have a liberal education. The same liberal education that promotes Satanism, it's still a religion. Godlessness is still a religion. I mean, to touch on something real quick before returning to the story, you think of a man who's changed his name to Leah Thomas, standing up as the most well-awarded NCAA women's swim team uh, swimmer. I, I mean, how does a woman stand up with a penis clearly visible through the swimsuit and be listed in the records of women. This is the society that we live in today that has removed God so far from it, removed prayer so far from it, removed community so far from it, removed fellowship so far from it that we have lost sight. Lord, give me strength. Lord, give me the words in the name of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray. Open your eyes. Look at this world. Up is down, down is up. Right is wrong, wrong is right. Evil is good, good is evil. What is wrong with people? How can people be so perverse and twisted? And so in this perverse and twisted world in which we live, I'm sitting in my cell and a man comes to me and reaches out for prayer. In a time of his need, in the time of his de desperation, unable to do anything for his son while he's following in this prison. Unable to go and sit beside the hospital bed, hoping that the surgeon does a good job in fixing his brain. His boy had holes drilled into his skull to alleviate pressure. And I'm sitting there praying with this man. And the Lord answered our prayers. 
that his son has made a remarkable recovery. He's already out of the ICU, and actually, uh, I believe that was about five days ago, he was pulled out of the ICU, and now he's just gone home. He doesn't remember the accident, but modern medicine and prayer work together to bring this man from the brink of death back to life. And so while I'm in prison, studying, exerting myself as a man of God, seeking to do good, I presented myself as someone who was approachable, capable of being asked for such a thing as prayer, something so anathema in this liberally degraded society in which we live. So I ask, reflect upon your community. I ask, how much have you been forsaking fellowship? I ask, how much has materialism crept in to every facet of your life? Because I don't want it to come to the point where you're sitting in a 9 by 11 prison cell for you to realize that there's more important things. There's more important things than a fancy car, than a big house, more important things than cosmetic surgery and sex change operations. More important things like conservative principles and values that will cause our nation to be blessed once again. If I can do it in here, where it seemingly takes a supernatural amount of courage for a person to get down on their knees and pray, where people are too weak to even sing to the Lord, where people are too weak to even open the Bible, where people are too weak to even put down the syringe in preference to something real. We live in a seriously messed up world and it takes each one of us exerting our will our influence to try to steer the course in a more correct direction. And there is a correct. There is a standard of truth. There is right and wrong. There is black and white. The world was never meant to be some gray area. And as we enter this new bipolar world, this uh, economic bipolarity, and times really start to get tough when inflation continues to soar when you can barely afford food for your family think of the community think of fellowship think of the truth and pursue it 
because without the pursuit of truth, we are nothing. We are weak and beggarly elements. The person you're hearing right now is a weak and beggarly element that has given himself to God. And as he said, I use the weak and beggarly elements to confound the wise. I am confounding. I am a person who has been lifted up from the muddy ooze and my life transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord has turned me into something I never thought possible. And it is my hope that anyone who hears my voice will come to the same conclusion that it is something desirable to not take the path that leads to prison. That it is something desirable to take the path that leads to eternal life and blessing. For to obey is to be blessed, to disobey is to be cursed. And our nation and our world is under a great deal of curse right now because of its disobedience. got to lose? What have we got to lose? Every single person that has walked the face of this earth has died. Will your fate be different? Will there not be a time when your heart stops beating? When you take your final breath? And you go before the Lord of all creation, the master architect, the one who has produced this incredible universe in which we dwell. You go before him and a record is laid before you of all that you have ever done. What record are you writing today? What is your destiny? There I quote from Deuteronomy chapter 32 towards the end of the Song of Moses. They are a nation without common sense, utterly lacking in discernment. If they were wise, they could figure it out and understand their destiny. After all, how can one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to rout unless their rock sells them to their enemies, unless you, Abe, off a hands them over? For our enemies have no rock like our rock. Even they can see that. Rather, their vine is from the vine of Sodom, from the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are poisonous, their clusters are bitter, their wine is snake poison, the cruel venom of vipers. Isn't this hidden with me, sealed in my storehouses? Vengeance and payback are mine for the time when their foot slips. For the day of their calamity is coming soon, their doom is rushing upon them. Yes, you, Tevavhe, will judge his people, taking pity on his servants. When he sees that their strength is gone, that no one is left slave or free, then he will ask, where are their gods, the rock in whom they trusted? Who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offering? Let him get up and help you. Let him protect you. See now that I, yes, I am he, and there is no God beside me. I put to death and I make alive, I wound and I heal. No one saves anyone 
from my hand. So who can be saved from that hand? No one. And it is that same hand that is guiding you today to look to your community, to think about fellowship, and to return, repent, return to the ways that brought this nation and our world blessing in the first place. For it is out of Israel and the Jewish people, the word of God, that the light shines forth. May you be blessed this day and every day going forward with shalom. One minute remaining. Eastern its high places make peace upon us and upon all Israel. And may this message be a blessing and an encouragement for you going forward. As often as you listen to it, think about those hurting and in need around you. And pursue peace. Pursue love. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.